make deals. Base hits to right field. Here comes Richardson. Here's the throw for Marquez. Richardson is safe. Derek Jeter ends his final game with a walk-off single. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Did you have any doubt? That is absolutely clobber. Good gosh, where is that going to land? Oh, my, what a bomb from Aaron Judge. Testing the limits of Safeco Field with home run number 31. OMG. Welcome, everyone, to the newest episode of the Bronx Muchachos podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and tonight we have with us Daniel. Yep. What's up, everybody? We got Alex. Hello, everybody. How you doing today? And we got David. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Please remember to subscribe, rate, like, review on Apple Podcasts, and listen to us on any platform that you get podcasts. And as we are right now, we are live on YouTube as well. What's up, YouTube? So, boys, hello. This was a big week. So, I got one question for everybody here. Yes, yes. Who do you yes, think yes, the biggest was, gangster sorry. was in episode seven? We got Boba Fett, we got Mando, or we got Fennec. Fennec. Who's the biggest gangster of them all? Yo, the, yo, the way Fennec came in at the end and just yeah. OD'd on everybody. Yo, that that was awesome. Yo. Okay, I'm gonna say it straight up. When Finnick did what Finnick did, it felt like the Godfather Part One ending right there with Don Corleone yes. just chilling out, Absolutely. relaxing, and then all of a sudden you got everybody getting hit. It's like, I oh wait, take care of all family business. You're right Mo there. Green. I like to think exactly. it was a group like Mo Green just got taken out. <laughs> Man, I like yeah. To think, I like to think it was a group effort. You know, everybody had a hand in it. <laughs> so you know. She stole the show, but, but nah, man. It, she really I did. I don't know. It was pretty gangster. Grogu was pretty gangster when oh, he came out of nowhere. He's like, I'm gonna give you that, my, that that mean girl real quick. Like, I don't know what you are, a little destroyer, but guess what? Funk. <laughs> give me that <laughs> little metal bolt. Have fun. And apparently, he's a, oh, oh, he's a, a rank, car. Oh, oh, look, look at me. A oh, rank car coming out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. Down, it's like, oh, look, 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 the rank car's out of nowhere. Time. <laughs> that was dope. <laughs> yeah. Now we got Obi-Wan coming out in May. That's yeah, going to be that's awesome. Right. That that Mandalorian in October. Man. Yep. Yes, I saw that. I, I when I saw Mandalorian season three is going to be coming out at the end of this year. I'm like, what? I'm so ready. October. I was like, it was great watching Mandalorian two point season two point five. I'm ready for three now. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what yeah. we just saw. You could call it Boba Fett. It was Mandalorian. I think episode five was probably the best one. The last three episodes were in success in succession, just better. It was just mm-hmm. awesome. the black the saber. Part. Oh my god, it was so dope! It was dope. the one thing. Like I even texted Alex about this earlier today. The best scene in episode five was like, "Yo, I just slaved your bosses a bunch of money back there. If you guys just let me walk, you guys can have at it. Like I'm not gonna fault you for anything." <laughs> I'm like, "That is so gangster, dude." Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, I just killed your boss. Um, what do you say? <laughs> Yo, let me walk in. You got, now, you got my the pile of money though, back there. <laughs> my thing though is about like like when season three of the Mandalorian comes out with Grogu, since like he is technically a Jedi, 
he could actually yeah. probably use that that dark saber. Man. I just want to know how they got young Mark Hamill into this. Like, what did they do? Just CGI his face on another body, and like, and even with his, the voice, like, how did they do that? No, no, they 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 just voice acted him. They didn't even CGI his face. That's like, oh, congratulations, we're going to use CGI everything. Don't I thought they they got another actor to to do all the to do all the the motions, but then they turn around, they just had him do all the voiceovers. Wow, because they, they have because the, everyone has the that aging. Everyone's got that de aging uh, CGI thing or whatever it is. I mean, all the stuff that was used in the in the Irishman, they used it once before for for Mark mm-hmm. Hamill in, in episode in season two, the final the final season or the final episode of of the Mandalorian. Yep, mm-hmm. that was great know. too. Special yeah. effects in Hollywood have always blown my mind. So, and, well, don't forget yeah. Lucas Arts. Came through with all the big stuff too. Grogu. My wife got me this AirPod holder for my <laughs> AirPods about a year ago. This thing is awesome. <laughs> he could be oh, our man. Mascot. It doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> mine's just not working. Let me put it in front of me. There we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> all the all the all the Baby Yoda stuff. My son has all that stuff. So yeah. it's all in his room. <laughs> Dude, my son has so much Baby hey, Yoda hey. clothing. He's gonna. Hate I saw it. this bad boy. I saw this bad boy right here at Costco. This was at Costco I saw, and I had to get it. I was like, I, I want that it. Thing was all, they have it at Walmart and Target. It's almost like 50 bucks. Yeah. Man. Woo. I'm happy I got that sucker when it was like 30 bucks. <laughs> oh, those things are all over the place, man. Yeah. And speaking of being all over the place, today we got big news, yeah. too. We got, uh, we, got CB, we got stuff going on with the CBA. Commissioner Manfred decided to announce a few things today, such as yeah, Universal DH. Overlord. Yeah. We got a universal DH coming to coming to baseball now. All the draft, there's no more draft pick compensation for for signing a free agent anymore. Uh, Thank got, God. Yeah, we got uh, what's it called? Um, there's going to be a lottery now for there's no to quote unquote stop the tanking. So I think it was the top, the bottom three teams are now in a lottery. So th- so you can't be the worst team anymore. You won't get the number one pick. So it's you know like the like the uh, NBA. I think it's the what twenty five percent chance you get, it or or thirty three percent chance you get it now? But then also on top of that, they're they're so making basically we're going. Does that mean we're going to that um, to the little like balls type like the NBA does, like basically probably. like lottery balls? Probably. Uh, probably. They're probably gonna make a whole spectacle out of it now, like they do in the NBA, and make a big deal out of it. <laughs> well, they got. I mean, they got to drum up. They got to drum up some business. Well, technically. Mm-hmm. But don't and but then so they, they turn around they, then and then the they turn Yankees. around they said that with, this, still... with the uh, luxury tax they want to turn around and and if you go over the luxury tax whatever thresholds they want the penalties to be mm-hmm. stiffer for that. So on one hand they're giving they're saying oh we want we want to push forward we want to push forward but then all the team to actually spend money they're going to hinder teams from spending money still. So I don't know it it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. I, I just I just kind of find it funny. I find it funny because it's like. With the lottery balls, then that means we still have the opportunity, realistically, to be get the number one, the number two, whatever. It's like, oh well, congratulations, your lottery ball came up. You got the number one pick, but we won the World Series. Ah, congratulations, you get the best of both worlds now. No, so it's for the bottom, the bot, the three worst, three teams with the worst record. It's not for everybody. So if you make the playoffs, oh, okay, still, okay, that's you know, I. That's my mistake. Then I thought because I know how the NBA. I think they have it like everybody's in there, isn't it? No, everybody. It's for everyone who doesn't make the playoffs. They have what the, I think the NBA's got what thirty teams. So like oh. the, the fourteen teams that don't make it, they're all yeah. they all getting the ping pong balls in there. 
Yeah, so for the for the teams that don't make the playoffs, it's 15 teams. That's why the, I'm very familiar with this. I'm a Knicks fan. So I know all <laughs> All right. All too I haven't well. watched the Knicks in so long. Actually, I tried to watch the Knicks the other day against the Lakers. So happy when they were they were beating them. Then all of a sudden, I would go to sleep, wake up, and they lose again. I'm going, come on. Yeah. It's miserable. It's absolutely miserable. It's almost sadistic. Thank God my Yankees fan makes up for it. And baseball is my number one sport. But we're not doing that much better. <laughs> well, hey, man. At least at least I've seen them win a World Series. Well, five, but you know, I haven't seen the Knicks in the like. So the last time they made the finals, I was ten years old. It was in two thousand. So come on. And it was against the Spurs with with Tim Duncan, um, Robinson oh, coming up, Manu Ginobili. Yeah, we weren't winning that. So. No, Danny. Oh, that was the, one, that was the year that Yankees, they, Ewing had a broken wrist, right? Yeah, something like that. He was hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, Danny, you missed out, though. Imagine, like, when Michael Jordan finally retires, the Knicks fans were like, yay, he's retired, he's retired. We get there. We're going against, what was it? Uh, Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. Yep. That's, who, not that's 94. Not, Houston 94. And, Yes, and Johnson, yes. John Starks shot us out it of that. Houston, game. three for three for sixteen. Yes, from- I know all those threes. I know that. Yeah, yeah, it's miserable. That was horrible, terrible. That was like there. That's what made me like start hating the Knicks. And then it's like <laughs> okay, Jordan comes back, he retires. I'm like okay, okay. And then it's like let's see what happens. And it's like oh, you can't even beat up the Knicks, uh, the Heat. We don't even care anymore. <laughs> Facts. Facts. 73. Go for, go you should have put an eight. Manny, you got to put an eight track up there because that's the eight tracks I think we're playing back then. <laughs> yeah. No, I think cassette tapes were in by the, by the Hopefully. mid-90s. No, the last time the, the Knicks won a title was in, 70, in, the, in the 70s, and they had the eight tracks back then. Yeah, 73. I thought they won the finals in 94. No, they, that was what we are just talking about. They lost it in 94 to the to the Rockets. That's when Starks shot us out okay. of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I grew up a Celtics fan, so I don't know this Knicks-Missouri. Oh, Jesus. I'm just, happy, I'm just happy the Rangers at least won in 94. Yeah. yeah. Man, what a time to be alive in 94. It Yankees, would have been a great year. Yankees, oh, such a great year. We could it have was had my few- last year in New York before I moved down. Wow. It's like I remember the the game, the hockey game was like around the last, maybe the one of the last days of school. And oh my gosh, it we we had like some end of the year basically because of the Catholic school. So we had end of the year um party and all that kind of stuff. And it was the last, it was I don't know what game it was, but that final game was playing during that dance. Once the once the Rangers won, that dance went crazy. Like Catholic schoolgirls just going Catholic schoolgirls. <laughs> oh boy! Well, yeah. Speaking of the nineties, the nineties had a hell, had some Yankees had some good teams in the nineties. Yeah, so it didn't exactly start off so well in the nineties. So getting into it, nineteen ninety, the team finished in seventh place. It was the first uh, last place near to last place finish. Since the 1966 season, they finished 67 and 95. Like we thought last year with an ugly 92 win season was bad. Can you imagine only seeing them lose 95 games and only win 67? Like I can't even picture that. Um, the team was managed by Bunky Dent and Stump Merrill. Dent got fired on June 6th, 
Stump Merrill took over. Um, unfortunately, before the start of that season, Billy Martin passed away in a car accident on Christmas Day. A uh, few – until we can go and talk about 1990, we got to go back in time a little bit and talk about 1989. Uh, there were a few things that happened in 89 that set up the 90 season. Uh, one date that should stick out to every Yankees fan is February 17th, 1990. Mariano Rivera signed as an amateur free agent out of Panama that that year in 1990. And that kind of was the catalyst be, behind the whole uh, uptick in the 90s going forward. Um, some gee whiz things about the 1990 season. Commissioner Faye Vincent banned George Steinbrenner from baseball for life. Uh, apparently, the boss tra- paid a low-level gambler $40,000 to dig up dirt on Dave Winfield. Don't know why. Couldn't really find the answer. Um, and then Winfield turns around and sues Steinbrenner because apparently in Winfield's contract, there was a clause stating that George had to donate $300,000 to Winfield's uh, foundation, and he never did. So he tried suing Steinbrenner on breach of contract Dave, on that. Dave, if you remember... George called Dave Mr. May. So he had an out for him. Like, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, I know, I reason. but it's not all Dave's fault that the Yankees never won during the Oh, Yankees. I'm not saying that. I'm not yeah. saying that it is. I'm just no. saying this is hilarious. Yeah. Like, looking it's, back on it now, no. almost 35 years, almost 30, over 30 years later, it's just, yeah, it's just, it just makes you laugh. And then Cecil Fielder on October 3rd, 1990, became the first player since 1977, since George Foster, to hit 50 home runs in a season. So that was pretty cool. Uh, some acquisitions that went on that year, Luis Polonia was traded to the California Angels for Claudel Washington and Rich Montaloni. Uh, Winfield was traded to the, by the Yankees to the California Angels. Weird. Uh, given the events that went on, uh, Clay Parker and Lance McCullers came to the Yankees for the Detroit Tigers for Matt Noakes. Not a bad deal. Lance McCullers Jr.'s dad was an absolute stud. Um, and then Deion Sanders, unfortunately, was released on September 24th of 1990. Um, I think that's maybe why I kind of fell in love with him as a football player growing up as a kid. Uh, notable draft picks that year in 1990. Carl Everett was drafted in the first round of that year. Um, Ricky Ledet was drafted in the 16th round of 1990. Andy Pettit was drafted in the 22nd round, but didn't sign with the Yankees until the 25th of May of 1991 because he was still in college. Jorge Posada was drafted in the 24th round. Shane Spencer drafted in the 28th round of 1990. The standings that year, the Boston Red Sox only won that division by 88 uh, by winning 88 games. The Yankees... <laughs> Uh, record. They were 37 and 44 at home and 30 and 51 on the road. Try to picture that. Um, and then fast forward to 91, Steve Sachs uh, led the Yankees with a batting average of 304. Roberto Kelly had five RBIs in one game against the Tigers. Um, and then Steve Balboni was released by the Yankees. Andy Hawkins released by the Yankees after pitching a no hitter the year before. Um, Mike Blowers was traded to the Yankees, traded to the Mariners for a player to be named later in a box of baseballs, apparently. And then the Yankees signed Pettit in 91 on May 25th. The 91 92 offseason, Romero Mendoza was signed as an amateur free agent. Um, some other things that went on the Phillies completed the deal by sending Charlie Hayes to the Yankees in, on February 19th of 92. 
And then unfortunately that year, it was a 1992 was a fifth place finish 76 and 86, 20 games back in the AL East behind the Cleveland Indians. Uh, JT Snow made his major league debut that year. Fast forward to 1992, Derek Jeter drafted June 1, 1992 in the first round of the 92 amateur draft. Um, not really much happened that season. They still fell short of the playoffs. Roberto Kelly was traded to Cincinnati Reds for Paul O'Neill in nine, November of 92. Charlie Hayes was drafted by the Rockies in the expansion draft that year. He went away uh, for the second time, unfortunately. And then December 10th, Jimmy Key shows up. And then five days later, Wade Boggs is signed as free agent. The 93 season, they finished seven games behind the Blue Jays who won the World Series that year. First winning season since 1988. So that's how many losing seasons they had from 1989 to 1993, all losing seasons. And we're complaining about them winning a sloppy 92 games last season. We have nothing to complain about. Just saying. Um, some notable transactions that year. Luis Polonia comes back as a free agent. Bobby Ojeda signs as a free agent. Bobby Munoz, Ryan Kemp, Ryan Karp, excuse me, Kevin Jordan, Traded by the Yankees to the Phillies for Terry Maholland and a player to be named later. And then Jeff Reardon was signed as a free agent in February of 94. The 94 season, we all know what happened with that. Strike happened. World Series canceled. Yankees and Expos were the top two teams in the respective leagues. They were supposed to meet that year. Um, the World Series have the season continued. Well, at least that was a projection. Um, 1994 and 1995 was kind of the turning point in the 90s from the dark days to the new glory that was going to happen. December 15th of 94, Tony Fernandez is assigned as a free agent. Buck Showalter takes over the team in 1995. They finish in second place with a 79 and 65 record. First time they've made the postseason since 1981. Then they go and lose to Seattle in the wild card game. Remember that. 1995 is when the real noise starts happening. Randy Velarde comes in as a free agent. Um, Daryl Strawberry is signed as a free agent on June 15th, uh, June 19th of 95. David Cohn is traded to the Yankees on July 28th, 1995. And then Luis Polonia is traded away to the Atlanta Braves on August 5th. Um, and a fun fact that I didn't know about 1995, the New York Yankees drafted Dante Culpepper with the in the 26th round, 730th overall in the amateur draft that year. So not only did we have Dion play for us for a little bit, we actually had Dante Culpepper playing for us too. Hey, we, so, we had Elway, Sue has a prospect. Yeah, yeah, that's right too, yeah. And the yeah. Expos actually had Tom Brady. And Tom yeah. Brady was a catcher. Imagine how that would have worked out. <laughs> Didn't we also get Russell Westbrook as – well, not Russell uh, – yeah, Russell yeah. Westbrook as uh, – he was a Rule Five draft from uh, from the Texas Rangers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on with that, but then then the ninety five December seventh of nineteen ninety five, the Yankees make a controversial trade at the time. They send Russ Davis and Sterling Hitchcock to the Seattle Mariners for Tino Martinez, Jeff Nelson, and Jim Messier, which starts the whole merry-go-round of the awesomeness of the nineties. David Cohn's resigned as a free agent on December twenty first of ninety five. Um, and then Dwight Gooding is signed as a free agent on February 20th, 96. Joe Torrey takes the team over that year from um, Buck. 
and they won their first world title since 1978. They went a whole 18 years without winning a World Series to finish the season 92 and 74 games ahead of the Baltimore Orioles and won their first division title since 1981. 1996, some acquisitions that happened. In the June draft, Nick Johnson is drafted in the third round, signs June 14th. I didn't, had no idea he was drafted in 96. He spent a while in the minors. Uh, Daryl Strawberry is purchased from the New York Yankees by the St. Saint Paul Saints. Don't know who they're affiliated with. They're probably part of the Independent League. Uh, definitely need to do some more research on what happened with that. Ruben Sierra and Matt Drews traded to the Yankees by the Detroit Tigers for Cecil Fielder. Dave Weathers was, is shipped off to the Florida Marlins for Matt Mark Hutton. Luis Soho was selected off waivers from the Mariners. Bob Wickman and Gerald Williams were traded by the Yankees to the Brewers for Graham Lloyd and Ricky Bones. Um, he was the player to be named later that year. And then in 96, the Yankees sent a player to be named later to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Charlie Hayes. 96, 97, uh, you see Clay Bellinger come in. Jim Lyrics gets traded to the Anaheim Angels. Uh, Mike Stanton signed as a free agent in December of 96. Um, Luis Soho is brought back as a free agent. 97, they get knocked out of the playoffs by the Cleveland Indians, but no one was beating the Cleveland Indians. They had a young Jarrett Wright. They had a young Bartolo Colon, Charles Nagy, Manny Ramirez, um, Dave Justice. Kenny Lofton. Um, Kenny Lofton. Robert, uh, Sandy Alomar, I believe, was the catcher. Uh, that, that team was just nasty. Uh, nasty, nasty in the late 90s. Um, Danny, what were you saying? Carlos Baerga. He was another. He was a yeah, middle- Baerga. Yep. Yep. So wasn't Albert Bell was Albert Bell on that team or yes. was it was he over was he over in Baltimore by the I, I believe he was still with Cleveland. I think that might have been his last year in Cleveland before yeah. he went over to Baltimore. That was just um, Ma- Manny Ramirez and Jim Tomey, although albeit they're both super young, that's a lethal righty lefty combination. Oh, no doubt. No you doubt, know. dude. Well, but just, just think of it this way you got you got Manny Tomey and then you got Albert Bell. I mean the three of them stacked right in the middle of your lineup right there. And then yeah. Omar was still at shortstop. God <laughs> had a squad. Uh, yeah, yeah, they should have won. They should have beat the Marlins that year, but that Marlins squad on the other side of the field was just stupid stacked. Gary, <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, you got to you, you got to give it away, Heisinger. Brown, Rob I mean, Nance. you really got to give it away. He he he. Wade Heisinger did legitimate what the boss does. He bought his World Series for the for the for Florida, and then he's like, "All right, I got it. I'm selling this team. Bye bye." Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Here, let, let me bang this in front of you for a little bit. Enjoy this winning season. All right. Enough. Enough. Yeah, enough. it'll be another what? Another six, seven years before they win another one. So yeah, yeah I don't get it. Um. So the ninety-seven. Still more than the Mets did. Yeah. So they finished that year winning ninety, going ninety-six and sixty-six, finishing two games behind the Orioles in the American League East. They end up winning the wild card that year. They're the wild card team that year. In 97, 97-98 offseason, Hayes is traded again by the Yankees. This is the San Francisco Johnster, Chris Singleton, and Alberto Castillo. Uh, Scott Brocious is traded by the Oakland A's to the New York Yankees. On November 7th, 1997, Daryl Strawberry is brought back January 8th of 98. Tim Rangery signed January 15th of 98. 
Chuck Knobloch was traded by the Twins to the Yankees for Brian Buchanan, Christian Guzman, Eric Milton, Danny Moda, and Cash. You know what? We gave the Twins a lot of good prospects there because Christian Guzman became their starting shortstop for a while, and Eric yeah. Milton became a pretty decent pitcher for the yeah. Twins. So um, that's not a bad trade. I think that's kind of fair. Uh, Chuck Black had a couple good years for us. and You know, I'll that be- trade kind of makes me look back on that Johan Santana deal where they wanted Juan Rivera, Phil Hughes, and Jabba Chamberlain. And we're all like, no, what are you doing? And it's like, looking back on it, man, it probably yeah. would not have been a bad idea. Right. Imagine Johan on those Yankee teams like, in the mid-2000s. It would have been sick. That, that trade sick. was actually worth it because if we didn't do that trade, I mean, Chuck, he, he – he made his wor- his plays for the Yankees. He did what he needed to do for us to win. Well, they needed a second baseman at that time, too. Like, Mariano Duncan was the second baseman for a little bit in, in mm-hmm. 96. And then it was second baseman by committee, yeah. you know? We kind of like left field. Left field was a committee, too. Yeah. They didn't know who they were putting in left field at that, at that time. You know, it was, it was hey, we a coin. Mariano Duncan. That's why I'm about him. I mean, it's kind of like now, though, if you really think about it, we don't know what to do with our infield at times. Mm. We don't know what to do with our outfield at times. Well, you know how many teams would kill to have interchangeable parts in the infield like we do right now? Like, you got LeMahieu who can play every single infield position except shortstop. But he needs to hit again. That's all he needs to do. Yeah. Well, we'll see what a full season with him not having his abdomen torn in half does. Um, oh, so uh, the 98 regular season, we set a record winning 114, going 114 to 48. We won overall 126 games that season between the regular season and postseason. Record was set, it would stand until 2001 when the Sierra Mariners went 116 and 46. And then when those, you know, that other team in Boston uh, won 100 and Eight games. They almost they almost tried to do what the Mariners did, but thank God they didn't. Um, the Yankees would go on to win their second World Series in three years. David Wells threw a perfect game May seventeenth, ninety eight, against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, some notable acquisitions that year: Drew Henson, former quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, drafted by the New York Yankees in the third round of the ninety eight amateur draft. Um, probably the most expensive minor league player the Yankees ever played to play AAA baseball. I believe his signing bonus was close to $11 million or something ridiculous. Uh, Ken Huckabee came over as a free agent. Um, Dale Swain was released by the Yankees that year. And then I did not know this. Alfonso Soriano was purchased by the New York Yankees for the, from the Hiroshima Toyo Carp in Japan. Soriano was playing baseball in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Do you, oh, you never knew that. You no never knew idea. his story. I know. I so in order for Soriano to leave Japan, you the back then you couldn't jab the Japanese players if you were under contract, or I shouldn't say Japanese players if you were played in Japan. If you were under contract, you had to honor that contract. So what Soriano mm-hmm. did was he said, "I'm retiring." So they released him from his contract, and then he came came over to the United States and signed. And after no, that, like Japanese, anybody who played in Japan, you can't do that again. But he was the first wow. one to do that. That's crazy. I, yeah, I was researching all this today, and I was like, I had no idea he played in Japan. Like, that is just – no wonder why he was so good by the time he got over here and blasted through the minor league system. Well, don't forget, he was also two years older than what he said he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then 98-99 offseason, Scott Broches is brought back on a three- or four-year deal. 
Um, November 10th, November 11th, David Cohen resigns as a free agent. Brilliant Williams is resigned as a free agent after damn near going to the uh, Red Sox. Yeah. Thank God he didn't. He was really then, the Red Sox. He said had yeah. George not called him, he would have been a Red Sox. So imagine yeah. that. Yeah. How torturous. Yeah. And then February 18th, 1999, the Yankees shocked the world with a controversial trade where they sent beloved David Wells and Graham Lloyd and Homer Bush up north across the border to the Blue Jays for Roger Clemens. Uh, this basically set the baseball world on fire because David Wells won, I think, close to, what, 24 games that year, the year prior, or something ridiculous. And he was basically the, the best year- pitcher for the Yankees. And, the year um, prior, wasn't it his um the no hitter that he had too? Yeah, that too. He, he was the ace. He was the, the ace perfect of that game. Staff, yeah, and they were just like gone. Bye. Um, yep. It, well, the one, it was a ton, one two punch one with, with him and Coney. Yep. And then, uh, so then we finished the regular season that year, ninety eight and sixty four, four games ahead of the Red Sox. We played in the ALCS, won that, go on to win the third World Series in four years. Cohen throws that perfect game, first no uh, first no hitter in early since interleague play started, and oddly enough, the opposing pitcher was Javier Vasquez that game, and that was the sixteenth perfect game in MLB history. Some notable acquisitions that year: Strawberry comes back as a free agent, Larius is traded by the Padres to the Yankees for a box of baseballs, basically, and that's it. That's the nineties. That's how we ended up here. So, yeah, man. The 90s, it feels like two different eras between, you know, coming off the 80s, going through a bunch of turmoil for three. To turn it around in three years' time, Gene Michael was a genius. That's all I got to say. I find it interesting how um, if you see the blueprint for the teams that are today, the Astros, even though as much as we hate them, they went through their losing period. The Cubs went through their losing period. The Yankees in the late 80s, early 90s went through their period that propulsed them to, to where we are now. And I'm curious to know, like, is winning becoming such a, a priority that we're not um, moving forward? You know, are we are we stagnant? I feel like with the past couple it's of years, it is. It's obviously not a priority. It, they, they, Hal has made it clear the last several years that just, meh. If we get to the playoffs, I'm content with that as long as I make my billions. Like, if George was still alive, he would have the top name at every single position in pinstripes before this lockout happened. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, but, like, this team, if George was still alive and healthy and running stuff, this team would be ridiculous. Justin Verlander would be in pinstripes. Um, Carlos Correa would probably be playing shortstop. You would probably have some, I forget who the big name outfielders were this year, but this team would look completely different. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, but you got to also think about it. There's a a difference between George. You got the George that ran the team in the 70s, ran the team in the 80s. Look what he did with with everything in the the 80s. Wheeling and dealing, get Ricky Henderson and trade them all for a bag of donuts. Get trade, get 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 all all the players in and get them all out. Until he got booted from baseball for what three years or something like that and then there was then... actually uh, a story that i read that they were wanting to trade rivera and jeter to the mariners for yep i've heard that well definitely stupid... definitely definitely rivera was going to go, was going to go there and they, they wanted said, to bring it they 
they said if George was still in baseball, that the trade probably would have happened. Rivera yeah. would probably be playing for the Seattle Mariners. And Jeter would never, Jeter would not have been starting that season. In 90, was it the 96 season? He wouldn't have started because the deal yeah, would have been brought in. in 95, but his first yeah, for a couple of, yeah, he had a cup of coffee in 95, but he wasn't going to be the starting shortstop because they would have brought, they didn't believe that he could handle the everyday shortstop role. They were going to go to the Mariners, get a shortstop from the Mariners to take over until they felt Jeter was ready. But yeah, they, everyone told, walked Steinbrenner off that ledge and. Look what we look what happened for the team at that point, and for the organizations for that matter. Yep. Yeah, man, crazy things could have happened had George still been around in baseball. So. Yeah, but but don't forget the two thousand George, George when so all the all the late nineties teams right George can't take credit for that everyone everyone gave the credit to to stick that he drafted yep. the, the main parts of those teams so George got pissed so that's why you. Know, Matsui was signed. That's why Giambi was brought in here. That's why the Arod deal, Sheffield, and then on and on and on and on. Kevin Brown was and brought actually, in as well. And actually, when Sheffield was brought in, Brian Cashman already had a deal done with Vlad Guerrero. Oh my God! And then George said, "Nope, f that. I'm bringing in Sheffield just yeah. to trade him two years later." Vladdy Jr. would be a Yankee. Imagine that. Well, you know. Who knows? If they didn't have the draft pick compensation attached to signing free agents, Mike Trout would be a uh, Yankee right now, too. Yeah. Because that draft pick comp that went to the Angels when we signed to share became Mike Trout. You know, I so. think it would be a really good thing for, like, the middle-class player uh, without the draft pick compensation because now teams don't have an excuse to sign a guy like – I don't know. I'll just throw a name out there, like a DJ LeMahieu, right, or, or somebody that – you know, doesn't get the qualifying offer like that. Those middle tier guys are gonna get an opportunity to actually make some money. So I see that as a real big win for the for the players union. They're gonna I mean, get some money, but they're not gonna to get top dollar because then there's still the there's still all those penalties, or even stricter stricter penalties now to that the that the owners want if you go over the luxury tax. So the the middle class players are still gonna get get hammered down for it because. Mm. The top guys are always going to get their money, but the middle guys are going to go. Well, we can't now go past, you know, say say it's going to be two forty five, right? That's the number the union keeps throwing out there. So if you go past two forty five, you get you get hammered by thirty five percent. You know, every dollar spent over that. Yeah, owners owners aren't going to go over that anymore. They're not going to go. Why am I going to pay? Why am I going to give the Rays and the Marlins that money when they don't spend the money to begin with? Why am I going to give them yeah, that but- money? And that means that it'll everyone else won't get get paid. Yeah, but dude, I yeah, I even talked about it on our second episode that they went over the luxury tax this year. They could sign Freeman, sign Correa, extend Judge. They're only paying tax on thirty eight million dollars. That's sixteen million dollars. You mean to tell me that sixteen million dollars going to the Tampa Bay Rays is going to flip the table, and and you know, tip the scales? Come on. Well, you- well, well, the long the the, the long term effects on all that it also has to do with 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 international money too, because listen, you know as well as I do, Cashman loves his international money, and yeah, well, we've, and we talked about it in the past that we already ha- we know that <laughs> who the next who the next guy the next domino is to fall is we had the Cuban guy Brandon he's going to come over to the this team and he wants to play here, he's nothing but decked out in Yankee gear for the past year, and it's going to be nothing Yankee. but Yankee gear here for another year. 
So even Antonio Gomez, man, watching him on Twitter and hearing him on some other podcasts, dude, this kid is all about. He even he said on uh, the designated spitters uh, podcast. Shout out to them, by the way. Um, they interviewed Gomez, and he's like, "Yeah." They asked him, "Like, hey, Anthony, like, what do you want to do in your first ten years?" He's like, "My, if I play ten years in the major leagues, I want ten rings." I was like, "I'm sold. Get him up here now. Get rid of Sanchez. Just have him bypass double and triple and just get him here now, please, because that's the mentality we need at this level." Mentality goes a long way in baseball. It really does. I feel like that's you know what what did Yogi Berra say? Baseball is ninety percent mental and what was it? 50%, uh, whatever Yogi's quoted. 90% mental, 50% of the time or something like that? Yeah, some yeah of, something that. Like. It really is. And, you know, growing up playing, you really see that. You really, really, really do see that. The guys who, who are at the top of the game just have this really positive attitude that, you know, they're going to get the job done. So I really hope Antonio brings that mentality in and, and dominates on the field. Because he has a cannon of an arm. So we're just waiting for that bat to come around. Dude, yeah. there are so many good there are so many good prospects in our minor league system that I am just like ready to kick the entire major league roster to the curb with the exception of like Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Luis Severino, and I am perfectly content with the the Waldachucks of the world, the Wisniewskis, the Gomezes, like people like that. Just I'm just ready to just kick all these guys to the curb and just bring up all these young studs that we got floating around in the minor leagues. Lockridge, another one. Um that brings me so, to the question, should we should we break it down? Like, if we want to win a championship, I feel like we have championship caliber players right now, but should we break it down? I, I don't know. It's a tough decision. It's for getting Catholic. to that point. Well, you can, have, you can have championship caliber uh, players, but they might not gel together. I mean, look, look, at what the, look at the big deficiencies on this team. Everyone says it's the same thing. Too right-handed, too many strikeouts. To, you know, it's an all or nothing type of lineup, not very athletic. If it's not going to be an athletic team, get rid of the pro- get rid of the problems and bring in the athletic kids. We have kids that can steal bases, which at some point that's going to come back around. Like adult, you know, batting average is going to come back. Everyone's everyone's not going to go just for the home runs, especially with baseballs being tampered with all the time by major by by the MLB. You have to have guys that can hit from both sides of the plate, or if not, being left handed. And they could be slap hitters that can stop do, to beat these shifts. They don't have to go, you know, pull pull happy all the time. Okay, yeah, you, were, you were muted before, buddy. Oh my yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, a little mute, a little mute problem. <laughs> difficulty, difficulties over here, man. Uh, I gotta put my glasses on. But what if Joey Gallo became like a slap hitter? Imagine that. What if Joey Gallo hey, a two forty yeah. hitter? Put yeah. the ball. I'm I'm done with Gallo. I'm like totally done with him because I'm willing know. to give it's him like, half a season. Half I'm not even season. willing to give him that. Like, He's got to prove himself. He, we we all know what he, we, we were getting into with him. He was gonna be. He was gonna hit a. He was gonna hit home runs. Gonna strike out a ton, and he was gonna walk a ton. There's no other options for him. Yeah, dude, that's no bueno. No, that's what I said. That's why. That's what that's, was never. That's the rest I, of I was team. never. I I would love the Rizzo deal more than I love the Gallo deal. Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're both Gold Glovers, but Anthony Rizzo will can hit the ball and can beat the can beat the shift. Doesn't have to hit nothing but home runs, and he's and he's a true leader in that clubhouse. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they didn't need to get Gallo. All they needed to do is DFA someone off the 40 man roster and bring up someone like Brandon Lockridge or some other stud outfielder they got down there in double A AA or triple A. Like, yeah, but this is the Yankees. I mean, they, they also, they also don't trust any of their youngsters. That's the, that's the well, other, that's part of the problem. That's so the problem, the only good thing about Joey Gallo is that last year he was clutch. And what I mean by clutch, it was very, for a very short period of time. He's, he, there were five games that he impacted the game against the White Sox. We hit that three run homer. And there were a couple other games that helped us helped us win games and helped us win the ninety two games that got us into the into the wild card. Um, without those games, had we lost those, then we will be behind Toronto. So there was some value to Joey, but I overall I felt like him batting behind Giancarlo in the in the playoffs and the wild card game, I thought that was a terrible decision. He should have never been batting fifth in that lineup. He should be batting. No, he should be batting bench. No, I, I could tell you something that was uh, what it was a good move though. Okay, what a real good move was was when we got when we traded for David Justice. You were right about that. Yeah. If only Joey Gallo becomes Joey uh, David Justice, or even 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 take it take it a little bit a little bit past that to go for uh, Rabanias when we had Rabanias on that for that one for that one year he was on the team. I think he was there for two. I think he was there in 12 and 13 or 11 and 12. I think 11 and 12. Yeah. Yeah. But we all remember the 2012 ALDS. I was on deployment and I was, I, I was working like <laughs> in that game. And I was going absolutely like crazy because I couldn't watch it. So just seeing the highlights, I was like, oh my God, I'm missing this. But uh, that was like the coolest thing that I saw in the playoffs. So. That nope. really made me hate the Detroit Tigers <laughs> with a passion. Number 27 forever, Raul Abanez. Good old Raul. Does, is, he still with the, is he still doing stuff with the Mariners, or is he? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He, would be so, he, would, he should be someone we bring in for hitting, for as a hitting coach or something, def- or something along those lines. He definitely has a mentality for it. So, Mark, you want to bring us down memory lane and talk about the the 80s Yankees, man? Oh, the good old 80s. You know, the Since 80s all were... us youngins don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remind yeah, us. Especially me, I was like two or three years old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, screw you all, man. I know I got the gray in the beard. <laughs> so the the 80s Yankees is, is, a, is an interesting way to look at the, how to construct teams because you got to remember, they were just coming off – the the latter part of the seventies where they won two where they won they won in, in what seventy seven, one seventy eight. They lost in seventy six, and then seventy nine happened, and that was Thurman Munson. So I mean, they were they were kind of a wash. They were washed at that point emotionally. Didn't they go to the playoffs in seventy five and get bounced in the LCS? I, I think they. I think so. I mean, they were they were on the they were on the up. I mean, they had they had the players coming in. They had. You know, you yeah. had Nettles, you had Thurman, you had, uh, you know, Reggie wasn't there at the time, but you you had you Lou Pinello was Lou. there, yeah. Willie uh, 70, 75 was the Red Sox Reds, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Right. The big red machine, and that was the series where Carlton Fisk did the, you know, hit, try to go fair and all that, 
and they ultimately lost that one to to continue the curse. So, um, 75 was a good year for for Yankee fans. So 76, 77, 78. <laughs> well, yes, but starting starting 80, um, you had a few. There was a few things that happened. One, Chris Chambliss, who was the first baseman during the, during those championship teams, he was tra- he was traded to the, with a couple others to the to the Blue Jays for Rick Cerrone, Tom Underwood, and Ted Wilborn. Don't know who any of those people are. Most of the people are, but it doesn't matter. Bob Watson was was signed by the Yankees that year. Rudy May was brought in. Nothing, you know, nothing else really big happened. I mean, they that's not saying anything bad considering they won 103 games and they made it to the A. They they were AL East champions. They made it to the to into the playoffs that year. They lost, and then the next season, George decided to be George. He went and spent. And the big the big name that came in, which is kind of funny, we're talking since we're talking about the nineties before, on the things that happened was the hey, precursor to that, which was they got David Dave Winfield that year. And that's the <laughs> and this in eighty one, that's the year the Yankees went to the world the, that was the last time they went to the World Series before ninety six. And they lost in six games to the Dodgers that year. Also that year, imagine if imagine the team had had these players still. They had John they drafted John Elway. In the second round, they drafted Eric, they drafted Eric Plunk, who actually who was a good relief pitcher for all those years, and we drafted Fred McGriff that year too. Wow! You, you know what? On the John on the John Elway one, I gotta say this though: we might have won a World Series because you know what? He didn't win anything in Denver back then. Yeah, well, he he ended up winning in the last two years of his career. He won two straight Super Bowls. Went to four. Oh wow! Like, Last two years, <laughs> if he would have been a Yankee, he would have he would also probably stayed a little longer and won more. He was an outfielder, right? Yes, he was an outfielder. Wait, mm-hmm. so I'm actually glad that I got rid of Fred McGriff because Donnie Baseball dominated throughout the '80s. So you know, yeah, and, but 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 before there was a DH, you could have you could have thrown one of them out of DH. Man. Fred McGriff could play first though. He could he could pick he, it, but Donnie was a gold glover, so Oh yeah, no, Fred McGriff could pick it, but you could also then at some point put Fred McGriff in the outfield too. Or try mm-hmm. to teach him the outfield. I mean, him he was and, young, if you drafted him, he was young enough that you could kind of start moving pieces around. Yeah. So then after eighty one, everything kind of started falling apart. Eighty two, Yankees went seventy nine and eighty three. They started getting rid of, you know, start getting rid of some people. You know, John Elway was playing single A ball then before he got drafted back then. You could you you can sign a minor. You could be play in the minor leagues while still in college. As yeah. long as you never played in a professional game, that you know that's the things that changed along the way. That's why you know Drew Henson's, your Tom Brady's, all those guys that they could they would come and play and they played all the summer long, and then they'd report back to college. Uh, well, that year Yankees got uh, Ken Griffey Senior from the Reds. Yeah. And really, there was nothing, you know, they let Reggie Jackson go in 82 after the after the 81 season. So he kind of, you know, George Steinbrenner always said that that was the that was his biggest mistake was never re-signing Reggie. He thought Reggie was over the hill and 35, 36. I mean, he kind of was, but he still had a little juice left in his bat Uh, that year. 82 was also was also uh, kind of breaking everything down to Buck Dent was traded. Tommy John was traded off the team. Uh, Bob Watson was who we got signed was traded off the team as well. Uh, the the draft 
you thought the thought the eighty one draft was good. Listen to the eighty two draft you had. But Yankees drafted in the second round Bo Jackson, who never signed. <laughs> Refused to sign there. Dan Pasquale was, was drafted in the third round. BJ Serhoff was drafted in the fifth round. So I mean they started they started picking up some guys. They started drafting even though they couldn't sign them. And that could be a, just the just the thing about George playing New York. That's par- partially part of the things where can you play handle New York and then could you handle George Steinberg? So I mean you had a double edged sword right there. Uh in in after the for the eighty three season, you signed Don Baylor. Uh Bob Meacham was there. They got rid of Lee Mazzilli. It's didn't you know the season wasn't the ninety ninety one seventy one that year, so it wasn't wasn't a whole loss. That was also the, if I'm not mistaken, that was the Pine Tar game too with Brett, with uh, George Brett. George so every, Brett, everyone yeah. everyone remembers that Billy Martin come up there saying, "No, oh, the Pine Tar's too high up there." George Brett going bonkers. So, that was I one mean, of the coolest moments in baseball history. Didn't they, end up, didn't they end up reversing the game though? Yes. Yeah. And then he hit a homer off of Goose Gossage again, right? Or yeah. something like that. He got a big hit. Yeah. Man. What a time to be alive. Uh, those are good times back then. I was young, but it's still good times. Then you got 80, then you got in the 80, we're now in the 84 season. Steve Balboni and was traded away. You got Tim Belcher was traded away. Or excuse me, he was drafted by the Yankees. I'm sorry, not traded away. Greg Nettles was traded by the Yankees to the Padres. I think, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the first year that Don Baseball, Donnie Baseball was playing first base for the Yankees. So then that started the run, his run for the next 12, you know, 11, 12 years for him there. And the Yankees wound up being what another, they had a winning season, 87, 75 that year, but they're kind of, they're kind of starting to go into the middle, into the middle ground. They're not really asserting themselves. They're not really being the Yankees that we all grew up and really knew, but they're just kind of what we kind of see what we're going right now. They're, they're doing well enough. But they're not overachieving. They're not. They're not going to the, going to the places that they need to go to. Hey, Mark, real quick about Reggie Jackson. In 1982, was his age, age 36 season with the California Angels, 153 games, 39 home runs, 101 RBIs. Um, only struck out 156 times in his 275 batting average. Not too bad for being washed up. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's why George George always said that was the worst mistake he ever made. What idiot! So then, the eighty in the in the eighty five team, eighty five team was wasn't bad at all. They finished two games behind the Toronto Blue Jays. They went ninety seven sixty four. You know, they had Jimmy Lairitz was signed by them as an amateur free agent. They signed Bernie Williams that year. Uh, the team team was had pretty had some had some had some people on there. You had. Don ba- Donnie Baseball and Mike Pagliarulo both at the corners. Willie Randolph was still on the team. You had Ken Griffey in the outfield. You had Ricky Henderson in the outfield. Dave Winfield in the outfield. That's not a bad. That's not a bad outfield at all. Yogi Berra and Billy Martin were managing the team then. Billy Martin fired yet again one of his many many fires. Dave Rigetti was still there. I mean Ron Guidry was kind of at the end of his career at that point as well. So I mean, they're still they're they're still holding on. They're still not really making the moves, and it's not really like the George Steinbrenner moves that we all expected was happening. 
you know, and then come eight, come the '86 team, Bob Green was signed, Bob Garen was signed. One thing about the '85 team, Mark, I just want to point out: Donnie Baseball had 146 ribbies. Yes, 146 ribbies. That's when that's when that's when all the that's when everyone took took those stats and actually loved those stats. Yeah, I mean, I still love it. I think growing up, RBIs are such a I feel like it's such a clutch factor thing. Like you got to have a different tempo with batting more runners on base. So um, seeing 146, man, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, and then Donnie Baseball followed up the next year. He became the sixth player in Major League history to have 230 hits, 100 ribbies, 30 home runs in a season. So I mean, he was he was he was solidifying himself with a career. And he was the first first Yankee since Luke Eric to have three consecutive 200 hit seasons. So I mean, you got that going on. You got Dave Winfield. He was the he was the first Yankee since Joe DiMaggio to have five straight 100 RBI seasons. Willie Randolph was the all time became the all time leader of Yankees playing second base games played. You know, and that was the year that uh, Mark McGuire also entered the league, and he had his he had three at bats with no no hits in his first at bat or his first game. Uh, the Yankees also drafted. I don't know if if you guys will remember this one, but Kevin Moss. Do you does everyone remember Kevin yes. Moss? Yes, he was drafted yeah, in '86. That one year. hit wonder. <laughs> exactly. I don't remember him, so I'll admit it. <laughs> he was one of those guys that did a lot of great things in a short period of time, and then like just disappeared. Kevin Moss was supposed to be at one point the heir apparent to Don Mattingly. That's what Kevin yes. Moss was, and he just never panned out. Yeah, one great year. Runs and I think his first hundred at bats or something like that. Pretty much. I mean, he I mean, made, it's he... funny. It's like you're saying all this stuff. You're saying all this stuff, Mark, about the '80s, and it's like the more you say, it, the more I'm like, "Yep, that's why this is the lost decade for us." Because I don't remember any of this really. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because it's a lost decade, but they had over the entire decade they had the best record in baseball. Like the entire decade, the Yankees had the best record. And they have nothing to show for it. Not well, one, the not one thing. By, you know, a, I don't know. It was just mismanagement. That's all. Certain yeah. players they thought were going to hit that didn't. And, you know. I mean, and it doesn't help in the 80s that you have George just doing George things like, oh, <laughs> hey, Billy, you're fired today. Hey, Billy, I, I miss you. You're hired again. Hey, you're fired again. It's like. Come on, man. He was hired George was drinking a little bit too much of the Kool Aid. <laughs> or not enough. Not enough was, George was doing some, George. George was in full boss mode at that point. But I mean, you got eighty. You got eighty-seven. Yeah, he was. I mean, Yankees had Doug, Doug Drabeck. Remember Doug Drabeck? They traded him to yes. the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, there were so many players. There were so many players that the Yankees had at one point. Especially coming in in the eighties, that they they just traded off thinking, let me get let me get the big George wanted the big star, and they traded off the guys that became the stars. Yeah, and it just it just really kind of put them in the in that cycle of mm-hmm. we're good but we're not good enough, and then the steam we're it's gonna we're it's gonna happen, things are gonna happen, and then boom, it hey, doesn't it happen. Kind of sounds familiar. Where we're exactly. At right now. Weird <laughs> it's that's what I'm saying. It's history repeating itself right now. Yeah, I mean the Yankees in '87, mm-hmm. they were '89 mm-hmm. and '73, and it's like, and it's like Mark, you said you said at one point that Ken Griffey was actually part senior was of the Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. So it's like think about it. That's basically that's that's basically the reason why Junior never then went to the Yankees. Well, junior didn't go. Like, junior didn't go to the Yankees because the there was a there was a time where I think it was Billy Martin didn't like the kids being on the field, and Ken Griffey Senior brought Junior onto the field, and Billy Martin supposedly told him go get the kid get your son off the field, but let Greg Nettles have his kid taking well, taking grounders at third base. It was actually George that didn't want the kids in the stadium. Uh, and Griff mm. and Junior got taken off the field, and then Senior said to Griffey, "Go look down third base." And it was uh, Nettles' his son yeah. taking grounders at third base, and that's when the whole George is a racist thing started right. getting thrown around. But then, and that's also why that's why Griffey Junior said always oh, said it goes, "Oh, if if the only team that ever gets the contract team off me a contract, I'd retire." retire. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sad man. <sighs> Thanks a lot, George. We could have had Griffey. <laughs> I would have been so happy to have K. Griffey Jr. in the 90s. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how many home runs you would have hit into right field in Yankee Stadium? Bro. My God. And that, and don't forget, that's back then, that's when the, that's when Steinbrenner and all the GMs, they wanted left-handed power, not like not like we have now. Griffey yeah. probably would have broken mm-hmm. Aaron's record had he played a game. He would have broken so many records. 20 years of Ken Griffey Jr. Like, Stadium? Oh my gosh. Oh my. Especially coming up at 19 years old. He came up at 19. But, just thinking, just like, think of it this way. Griffey was my junior was my I, he was my favorite player. Like, yes, he was in the Yankee, but he like in the 90s, I don't know who did not love Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone did, man. The hat like, backwards, the swag. He was him, he, him and Ricky and Dion were the ones who came up with swag before everybody else did. Yep. Especially Ricky. Ricky would turn around popping collars everywhere he went. Exactly. I I, I love Ricky. Oh, and heck, I, remember, I, I remember. I I legitimately bought a Seattle Mariners Ken Griffey Jr. jersey just because it was Griffey. I was like, I want it. I don't care. I don't care. It might not be Yankees, but I want that jersey. Yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know if you guys remember this, but you ever watch whenever Ricky Henderson would catch a fly ball? He wouldn't just do it everything, but he he would do it. He would yes, see him. He, he would do this and slap it and slap his slap his legs afterwards, yeah. <laughs> and just come strutting in with it. Man, he yep. he was the epitome of what swag is, and that, and Griffey just took that and just brought it to a whole nother level. Yep. Ricky's... But then you, you know, and then like I said, we Ricky, got Ricky we're going over Price. to the eighties now. We're still in the eighties, eighty five. I'm sorry, eighty eight. They were eighty five and seventy six. Like I said there's nothing going on at that point, and then obviously going to the eighty nine season, which was. A true disaster of a season. You know, they were 70, like we said, 74, 80, and 87. And that's when a lot of things happened. Ricky Henderson was traded off to Oakland for Eric Plunk, who they traded, they had at one point Luis Polonia. Mike Pagliarulo was traded to the San Diego. Rick Goose Gossage was, was, uh, was, uh, was left and then came back. I mean, that that eighty nine team was Revolving really the beginning the of the end for quite for a few years for them. So I mean, in in a decade that started out really good, they just went and became a middle of the road organization during the eighties. Man, it is good going back down in history and kind of seeing how everything went. But um, there's a lot of correlation with today. And I, I think um, there, it's lessons to be learned. 
it, it's it's actually really funny like because just think about it everyone always says oh you can learn from history you can learn from history but it seems like us as Yankees fans, we don't try to learn from history too much. We don't really learn too much from our history. And it's like, if we don't learn from it soon, it's just like the saying goes, history is going to repeat itself. And when it repeats itself, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. No. You know, I always said to my dad, I was like, man, like going through the drought that we're in now, I was like, man, I can't imagine what it would be like watching all these horrible teams in the 90s. And it's just like, as this keeps going on and progressing forward, it's like, man, I'm living in the damn nineties. Like, this is not fun. I was like, this is what in eighties, eighties, the nineties wasn't that bad. Like, that's just oh my god. We're spoiled. We're Bring spoiled fans. We really oh, are. absolutely. All we saw, all I saw them do was win my entire childhood yeah. until ninety seven, oh one, and oh three, and oh two. Yeah, happened. But, you know, but look at the history in general. Just look at the history in general. Okay, let's just see. 50s, winning World Series. 60s, winning World Series. 70s, winning World Series. Well, there was only like, like 10 teams no ma- so... legitimate. <laughs> it wasn't really hard to do back then. I mean. Yeah. I mean, if you want to really talk about it, look I mean, at the 40s. I mean, they, they, were, they did what, five and they did five straight yeah. in the 40s too? Yeah. Actually, the World the Series 30s? back in the 20s the was 20s? nine games long. The 1927 World Series was nine games. The Yankees won in nine games. It was in the, even the, in the 1910s? It was nine games. Remember with mm-hmm. the with the Black Sox? Yeah, yeah, but Our that first, changed exactly. That, that, back then, that was changing from nine games to seven games. Mm. Yeah, was it 23? Was it 21 or 23? 1923. Uh, 23. And then we won a couple in the 20s. We won a couple in the 30s. Then with 20, 23, uh, 23, 23, 27, 27, 28. Yeah. No, 28, not 29. Yeah, 2017 was the murderer's row. And then 32, yep, yep, yep. 36, 38. And then they won five straight in the in from the late 40s into the 50s, one in 60 and 61. Um, and then didn't win again until 77. Yeah. Well, the I mean, come the come the 50s. I mean, you, you couldn't do go to the World Series unless you went through New York. I mean, yeah, between yep. the Yankees, it was Brooklyn, and then you had the Giants yep. too. I mean, one of those teams yeah. was always in the World Series. Yeah, back. exactly. The Cardinals. It was either yep. the Cardinals, Giants, Dodgers, or Yankees or Cubs. Yeah. So, so basically, it was, was us and whoever else was the National League. Yeah, the yeah. Cubs were actually good back then. It's just that because the, the, they they were getting cursed by that um that cat still though. The cats. Yeah, I know we're okay. The last time the Cubs Billy had goes. even been to the World Series was when oh, they was lost the, the Yankees. The cat. In third. So when the Yankees beat them in 32, that was the last time the Cubs had actually gone to the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, cold that was the cold home run by Babe. The cold yeah. shot. Yep. Cold shot. And then the Cubs were flirting again in 84 when they lost to the Padres. I remember that part, but before that, I was like, I, I don't remember anything else with the Cubs in between 32 and 84, which is depressing. Holy cow. And they still had a romping mm-hmm. fan base. Good for them. Bernie, 108 years and they still, still have a great fan base. Mm-hmm. Like that fan base have, is the probably one of the most loyal fan bases out well, there. Well, the last time they had won a World Series was a hundred years. Was in 1908. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for them to yeah, win in exactly. 16, they, I mean, to have loyal fans for 108 years, I mean, wow. good for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, North like, North Siders, man, it, they it, they love they love their Cubs just like the South Siders. I mean, the the White Sox mm-hmm. had, had uh, 
the White Sox hadn't won in forever too when they won in what 2004 I think it was uh 2005 yes 2005 when they won back then I mean they hadn't won in up until then they hadn't won since 1909 yeah 1909 man sure was Joe Jackson when they were accused of throwing games and it turned out that it won they didn't let's just hope that the Yankees win before we each turn 50 Mark you have a little bit. I got a little bit of time left on me. Yeah, a little bit, but man, yeah. you hold your tongue. I'll be thirty-six in October, man. If they don't win until I'm fifty, man, you might see me find the tallest build now again. <laughs> All our kids are gonna if be. They don't win. We know. We know. Like, don't worry, Dave. Dave, don't worry. We know for a fact that if they don't win by the time you're fifty, you'll probably be joining with every other Boston team out there. You'll be a Red Sox fan. No, hell no, dude. I will light my I will light myself on fire before I become a Red Sox fan. You know, I was happy for him in Oh, come on. You're already a Celtics Patriots. <laughs> oh, no. Well, he, well, you know, where he lives right now, he might as well be an Atlanta Braves fan over there, too. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. No, bro. <laughs> he, he is in that southern of, of Georgia life now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not trading my pinch face, right? Real Yankees fans. Yeah. These for no reason. All right. <laughs> oh. We gotta win another one in our lifetimes, hopefully. One, so we gotta, we gotta win. Ah, more, we will, I don't, we I don't will, plan. I don't I'm plan not even stressing it out. Soon. We have to. It may not be hey, this. Year. We we all need to call. We, we all need to become a hundred years old and call whatever the Michael K show is. Then maybe <laughs> yeah. it'll be the Eli Fishman show or something like yeah. that. We'd be calling up and then, and we'd be like, I've been a Yankee fan since nineteen ninety four. I'm stuff. Hey, at least when they say Eli Fishman show, you're like, yo, we know him. Yeah. <laughs> Eli. <laughs> we Eli met him when he was 18. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, wheelchairs in our nursing homes. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Dave. So this week uh, on the polls, let's, uh, you want to take us through that, man? Yeah, sure. Let's get them up. Let's get them up. Yeah, what's up with them polls? That. What's up with them good old polls that we have? We have a couple, I think. I think we did, what, three, four of them this week? Something like that. Yeah, we had a few few polls this week. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The magic of YouTube. Boom. All right, so (laughs) our first poll that got... 12 votes still has 15 hours left so get your votes and your votes count remember that uh with universal dh who is most likely to be traded at the end of the lockout and the options were luke voigt miguel and duhar gary sanchez um so sanchez got 16.7 percent of the vote and duhar got a little below not quite Zero percent, but not quite enough to hit one percent. I, I like mean, the number says zero, sir. Sir, the number says yeah, zero. Yeah, but look, <laughs> like you got Sanchez at sixteen point seven, and then you got Voit at eighteen point at eighty three point three. So congratulations to Luke Voit. It looks like we're getting paid when the lockout is over. Love you, my dude. But apparently, peace. Yankees universe thinks you need to leave. I don't think that. I hope you. They find a way. Nah, for you nah, nah, but... nah. Um, that's where that one lies. Listen, uh, I like Luke, I like Luke, I like Luke, yo, I like Luke, but the writing's on the wall that he's gonna ha- unfortunately have to 
he's gonna find a new home. I mean, it's just it's just the way things are gonna it be. It is what it is, man. It, it's baseball. It's a vicious. It's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, who should be left out of the Matt Olson trade? Ooh, I'm going one. with all of these options because I don't think any of them are any good. So the options were Oswaldo Peraza, Austin Wells, Anthony Volpe, Everson Peraza, uh, Pereira. So Peraza got 12.5% of the vote. Austin Wells, 12.5%. Of, oh, Wells and Peraza are at a tie. Anthony Volpe wins at 75% with eight people participating. Um if anything, if there was a trade for Olsen, I think I'd be okay with watching Wells get shipped off, maybe a low-grade pitcher, and then a combination of Andujar, uh, Boyd, or Urshela um, in that one, if they were going to go that route. Yeah. I still think signing Freddie Freeman is the easier way to go, but not my money. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I don't think Next. Oaks want anybody that's arbitration eligible. So that means guys like Voight, and you are geo are kind of yeah, off- but Boyd, Boyd still got three years of arbitration though, bro. Yeah, they, they don't want to pay nobody, they don't want to pay anybody, no, especially with the it new, with well new they, got a, they got a brand new stadium they're trying to build, they're not going to take on any debt. Yeah, I mean, they're mm-hmm. making Urshel is making 16.7 million, Boyd's not making that much. Urshel's making I'm just 16, 16 or six. six. Oh, I thought six it was 16. 7. I was like, wow. <laughs> but I'm sick and tired of seeing Luis Hill's name attached to. You want a pitcher? Cool. Here's Yandres Gomez. Kick rocks. You're not getting Luis Hill or Albert Abreu. If it comes to Matt Olson, we're gonna have to give up somebody. And I would, not- I'd give up. Listen, I'd give up Abreu if we keep Medina. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Albert Abreu? You mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. That's fine. I'll give up any pitcher in our system with the exception of um I'm not giving up Wisniewski. I'm not giving up Waldchuk. I'm not giving up I'm good. I'm good giving yo Schmidt. I'll I'll send Schmidt out too. I Clark think Schmidt's Schmidt, gonna, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yep. The only um, the only two there are only two players I wouldn't send in the Matt Olsen deal. That's Volpe and Domin- Dominguez. Everybody else's game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. One hundred percent. So, which player? So, trivia question for everybody this week: um, Which player led the Yankees in WAR wins above replacement in 2021? Options were John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery. Um, So, congratulations to those of you that voted for Aaron Judge. You got the you got you got it right. Um, You know, I do believe Stanton was a close (laughs) second, but. yeah, the other two definitely not anywhere anywhere close. So uh, it, it was Judge with six point one, Giancarlo five point six, Garrett actually came at five point nine, and Jordan was fourth on the team with three point four. So uh Jordan had a really good year, man. He really yeah, did they just couldn't score any runs for him. That was the problem. I felt bad for the guy going out there every five days and they can't score runs and they go and score twelve for you know Nestor Cortez and Tyone and Cole and he's just sitting there like yo like where am I running throwing me some love yeah. <laughs> like you know, I, I felt bad for him it's you it's know. all that soft contact man mm. he gave, he gives up a lot of soft uh contact Jordan Montgomery yeah. yep but, that's why you need to have a solid infield yep so, Trevor Story. Pretty free. Get off that kick, man. It's all about Oswald Peraza. We all know this. Just accept him <laughs> as your one savior. Well, in 2022 at shortstop. And if, 
getting older. Now, remember, is, David, David is the vice president of the Oswald Peraza fan club, right. just so everyone knows. Right. No, I am the president oh, he's upgraded himself. of the Oswald Peraza fan club. Yeah, I'm right there with Trevor Story, man. And the founder? What a, be right Are you there. also the founder, too? Yes, and the founder. Yes, I'm the founder. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's all we got for Pulls of the Week. <laughs> So. Sure, it was a short week. Yeah, well, don't worry. I'm, 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 with, yeah. I'm with Danny, though. I'm going to be with Danny on that Trevor Story fit bandwagon, so don't worry. It's, there's two people over there. Yeah, yeah, but you know the problem okay. is Trevor Story straight up is saying he's not moving on. He yeah, doesn't want to see me because that green screen. So here, there's my fist there. You can kick rocks. Sign him on a short term IAV. Have fun playing in Philadelphia. You know. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's going to be Carrera. That's going to be your boy Carrera that you want so badly. He'll be playing over there. I think Carrera goes to the Dodgers or the Cardinals. Mm. I got a, I got a sneaking suspicion he goes to either St. Louis or LA. Who Correa? Mm-hmm. I could, I could see Story going to St. Louis before. Or maybe the Angels, maybe the Angels, maybe the Cubs. Whoever's um, gonna be. It was straight up. Speaking of the Angels, how how messed up is this? So they got, they you know they got that trial going on for uh, what is what's that guy's name? Eric something or other, the one that, that gave Tyler Skaggs all the the drugs. Yeah, he's throwing the Matt Clubhouse Har- guy. Yeah, he's throwing Matt Harvey's name under the bus. He's going. He said Matt Harvey was given given Tyler Skaggs of the Percocets. Jesus, not a good look. Not a good look. And that guy just revitalized his career mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barely. It's gonna be it's gonna be a wrap for him soon. Yeah. Well. Well, now they won't be testing for any substances in MLB, according to other reports, or unless until we get those. Well, everybody, it seems like. <laughs> I gotta love, gotta love being live. <laughs> whoops! Flag. It's a whoopsie flag. I'm trying to say. You... <laughs> <laughs> as I was saying, technical difficulties. Everybody on YouTube that's seeing this, hope you're having fun with seeing it. Um, thank you for listening to our show and watching us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Um, Facebook, LinkedIn, every link tree, whatever you want. You can find us in everything. All right. We're even on YouTube now, as you can see. Everybody, have a great week. Everybody, well, we will see you next week. Later, everyone.